Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We're a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. Amen, amen, amen. How many of y'all are ready to hear some of God's Word today, amen? I hope you're not disappointed. I left the milk at home, okay? Hallelujah. Because I thought I was going to preach to a bunch of mature Christians today. So as uh, the Wendy's lady used to say, where's the beef? Well, you're going to get the beef today. Hallelujah. How many of you realize we got some beef last week too? Amen? Hallelujah. God is so good. He's actually, he's too good. He's amazing. And uh, it's interesting how... When you get into this idea of when you hear the Spirit of God and He encourages you on what you should preach and then all these things align in the midst of of what you're preaching. I turned on C-SPAN this week just to punish myself and uh, I I began listening to C-SPAN and what was the topic on C-SPAN? They had a hearing on gender care gender transgender children care and wow if you would have heard the stuff that was being said out of the mouth of fools in that meeting kind of stuff that said this that we shouldn't be having this meeting here because who are we the medical professionals are the ones that should make these decisions for us (laughs) wrong Wrong. We don't need medical professionals making decisions God already has. Amen? Hallelujah. Woo! God, you're good. Amen. Now, last week I talked about truth or consequences. And we talked about, you know, how the truth overcomes the the schemes and, and the ways that the enemy tries to work. Something I didn't get to last week, and I want you to turn with me. I'm going to finish up last week and move on to this week. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Because it's important for you to know there's nothing new under the sun. This is not the first time that believers have been challenged to, to be silent. That, uh, and we're going to talk a whole lot about that today. But this isn't the first time this has happened. Look at Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, oh, I long to see the day when we are accused of being too bold. Amen. When they saw the Peter, turn me down just a little bit, uh, Dave. It's not your fault, it's mine. I'm elevated, I'm amped, I'm hyped, I'm, I'm pumped, I'm ready to go today. So I'm probably talking a little loud. Uh, uh, and they perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men. They marveled and they realized that they had what? Been with Jesus. Oh, man, that somebody would notice that you would just be somewhere and you'd just be doing something and somebody would come up to you and say, Gina, you look like you've been with Jesus. Hallelujah. That's something wonderfully to be accused of, right? So, and seeing the men, and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. You know, when God is being God, there is nothing that can be said. And maybe one of the reasons why we're suffering through this idea of truth or consequences, that we're suffering through this idea of a woke movement that's moving through, is because people aren't seeing God be God. Amen? How how does God be God today? Well, 
Fortunately or unfortunately, it's through you and it's through me. That's how God is God. Okay? So they need to see that. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? They're going to do whatever it takes to silence them. For indeed, that uh, this is um, Jane Riggins. He used to always say this, Lee, in, in, in elders' meetings. He'd say, brothers, we need a notable miracle. We need a notable miracle. And we do need a notable miracle. For a notable, notable miracle has been done, uh, has been done through them, and it's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them. And from that, now on, and, oh, I don't know. let us severely threaten them. Father, settle my heart in Jesus' name. I'm so excited to preach, I can't even read today. So that it spreads no further among them. Let, them. let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. What name? What name? So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter, everyone say, but Peter and John. Listen, this is our answer today. This is our answer today. When somebody confronts you with, hey... You're not speaking my truth to say it's okay because they answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Mm, man, I'm telling you, I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen deaf people here. I've seen cancer and AIDS healed. And listen, if you, if you want to shut me up, you can't do it. I can't be quiet about those things that I have seen. I just can't. I can't be quiet about them. Or what I've heard. When I heard Ben Moema's testimony about how he was stuck in an Idi Amin death camp, beaten for two weeks, told to perform sex with a girl that he wasn't married to and he refused to do it and they broke coke bottles over his head when he was commanded to go down into a dungeon and clean up the blood of all the prisoners that they had just killed and he held fast in that jail cell and began to just say guys you got to get saved you got to get saved this is your last chance your last attempt and then they would call the names of the three people that they killed the day before. And they said, oh, we're releasing Joe Smith and, and Caleb Schaefer and, and the, another guy. And, and they knew that they had killed them the day before and they just laughed in their face. And then one day, Ben Moema's God came in the form of a general, a huge general in a uniform, called out his name, his future wife's name and a friend's name and they came to the forefront and the and the the uh, other guards came and said no 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 this is a mistake and the general who had to have been an angel said open the door let these three out they are going home today and they came out of an Idi Amin death camp that no one ever came out of once you went in you never came out 
And it was days later that the Tanzanian army came in to take over Kampala. And they have pictures of that jail cell where every prisoner was shot and killed before they allowed the Tanzanians to come in and take over. I heard that testimony. I was sitting there. Allison and I were sitting in Joseph Lacabo's living room, listening to Ben Moema share this testimony. I was wrecked at the end of that. It's just not what you see, it's what you hear. And when Christians talk to other Christians about what they've seen and done, what they've heard, where they've been, what they've overcome, what God has done for them, it transforms you from the inside out. And nobody can tell you to shut up because you want to stand up and tell everybody what you've seen and heard. Mm, and that's what they said. You cannot shut us up. Mm. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, let, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom the miracle of healing that had been performed. Remember the healing? Silver and gold have I not. But such as I have, I give to thee. Stand up and walk. People saw that. And if you didn't see it, these guys heard that it happened. They knew it was true. But they told them to shut up anyway. Because they knew if word got out that this stuff was happening, people would turn from their control. Turn with me to Acts chapter 5. Once again... They were furious, those leaders. Acts 5.33. If you're there, say, I'm there. When they had heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. You know what? When the enemy gets angry, he ups his game. And I'm here to tell you today, the enemy has upped his game. He has came out. He has shown his face over these last 20 years. No longer is it a mystery or a secret what he's trying to attempt to do. It's out there. What are we going to do with it? Well, we better choose to stand when everything else around us is falling because the church is falling for the theology that's being spoken of today. Now, I'm not out here. Listen, I'm not, I'm not against anybody. I'm for God. I said this yesterday. I'm, this isn't a message about anti-something. This is a pro-God message. So please don't hear this because you're going to really be stung in this message today if you hear this as an anti-something. This is a total pro-God, two-message series about where we are and who's behind it all. Sorry, I hope I didn't offend anybody there. But sometimes there's just no words to say what you're feeling here. I wish that I could preach this whole message in tongues and that you would all interpret it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at Gary, he put his Bible down. He's paying close attention. He's like, uh-oh. I know Dwight likes to call on me in these highly spiritual moments. I love you, Gary. You're an amazing guy. You're an amazing guy. 
Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to those who were remaining in there, men of Israel, take heed to yourselves of what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Theodos rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all those who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. But after this, after this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men, let them alone, for if this plan uh, or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. This was spoken thousands of years ago. How many of you would agree with me that this guy was speaking prophetically and this plan, if it was going to come to nothing, it would have ended in, the, in a few years after this was spoken. But how many of you would also agree with me that this work has not ended till this, at this day at 1056, on this Sunday, this work is still moving forward. How many of you would agree? If you agree, say amen. amen. If you agree, say amen. amen. Mm -mm -mm. And they agreed with him. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Do you realize in today's society, people who are speaking in the name of Jesus in Hollywood, in sports, in different places of the world, in government, they're being told to stand down. They're being told to shut up. They're being told to not use the name of Jesus. You can pray in an open forum and you can say all the things you pray and you can say in his name, in God's name. But when you use the name Jesus, people just freak out. It's like, ah! I think when we say Jesus, I think the demons in hell, they just wreathe. How do we know that? Because in Mark chapter 1, when Jesus was preaching and there was a demonic entity, he said, Jesus, why are you coming already after us? The demons know. Why do you think they, they, they didn't shriek when anyone else preached? But no, no, Jesus preached. The name that's above all names preached. The way, the truth, and the life preached. And the demons were like, ah, freaking out. Because they knew their time was about up. Amen? Listen, folks. We win. We win. The next time that you are thinking about shrinking back to perdition, as it says in Hebrews chapter 10, don't do it. We win. Hold fast. Don't stop. Don't cheat the world of what the blessing is in your life. Don't cheat the world of your kingdom purpose. We win. We win. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoining, rejoicing that they were counted worthy. Listen, when is the last time that you did something so radical that it demanded Jesus to pray to the Father? Because he makes intercession for his own, right? When is the last time you were out on the ledge and Jesus said, Dad... 
look, Tammy's out on the ledge, man. I'm Father in Jesus' name. I don't know if he said Father in Jesus' name, but I'm just being, you know. He said, Father, look at Tammy. She's stepping out. We need to, to supply her what she needs. Mm, when is the last time? that you were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple, and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Not a Christ. Not a God, small g. See, there's a lot of people that want to put him in the small g category so that they can put their other g's in that same category, small g, yo g, you can't get in that category. Jason said that was shameless. <laughs> Daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching Jesus. They kept preaching Jesus as the Christ. That's the key. They did not back away. They were not going to be silenced by anything or anybody. Well, listen, we have a spiritual force or entity that's trying to silence us all. And it's happening so indiscreetly and under the cover that you can hardly pick out or point out even to define what it is. But today I'm going to attempt to do something about that. I'm going to attempt to do something that most pastors are not wanting to do right now. I'm going to go there and take this spiritual force on so that you have the wisdom to be able to battle it yourself. Now, what is this great enemy, Pastor? Well, it's called several things. One thing it's called is a woke theology. It's a woke theology. Well, what does that mean? I don't know, but you better wake up. You better wake up and not become woke. You better wake up and not become woke. What is the actual definition of the woke of wokeness? This is it. Someone who is alert to injustice and in society, especially racism. Wow, that sounds that sounds powerful, doesn't it? That sounds like that's something we should all get behind, right? Well, that's not. That's the front cover. That's the cover of what wokeness is. But when you get into the inside of what it is, this is what it really is. What is wokeism? It's an, author, uh, uh, it's, it's an authoritarian worldview that seeks to deconstruct the foundations of our Christian faith by overwhelming, overpowering, and overthrowing those who do not adhere to their theology. And it is a theology. It truly is a, a theology. Wokeism is a theology. And one thing about wokeism is, is it's hard to pin down. It's hard to nail and say, that's it, that's it, that's it. I don't know how many of you have watched The Sound of Music, but when uh, uh, the nun Maria, she, she, yeah, she's floating around. They don't know where she's at. She comes running into the abbey. I've only seen this movie a hundred times, and that's not an exaggeration. And then they get into there, and the other nuns see her flying by because she's late, and they start singing, how do you solve a problem like Maria? And what's the next line? How do you catch a cloud and pin it down? That's kind of like wokeism. 
it's sometimes undefinable. It's sometimes so behind the scenes that you, you, it's like a cloud. You can't pin it down. We were driving in, into church today and there was this huge area of fog on Carroll Eastern Road and we were looking at it from a distance and it was like, how do you get into the middle of this and find your way out of it? Well, we did and we're here. Let me just say this, because this is what they want you to believe. Wokeism is not Republican, it is not Democrat, and it is not independent, but they want you to think it's a political entity so that they can draw, because we're already divided 50-50. So if, if the enemy can get us divided even more, because how does God command a blessing in what? Unity. But it is not political. As a matter of fact, it's spiritual. And that's why it's so hard for some people to define what wokeism is because it is not something that you can classify through some sort of speech or talk about in some sort of political way in some sort of political genre it is a spiritual entity that's working and ultimately its final point of destruction will be us the church make no mistake about it what wokeism is setting up for is a left hook to the church that that's what it's setting up for but God has prepared us for that because he's done what he's given us a discerning of spirits see that's why the world's having such a hard time determining what wokeism is because it is a spiritual thing that's why people have a hard time de de deciphering what is Islam because if you look at Islam as a face value thing you miss what it is Islam will be an ultimate attempt to bring destruction to the body of Christ. All the infidels. Oh, pastor, that is brutal that you would preach about. I'm sorry, that's the truth. And if some of you are like, ooh, I think I might get out of here, the, 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 uh, the uh, lightning bolts might start coming down. Just be patient a minute. God has given us something called spiritual discernment. And it's a discerning of spirits. What is that gift? That gift is a supernatural power to detect the realm of the spirit and their activities. This is a message on spiritual discernment. This isn't an anti-anyone message. This is a pro-God message about the things that are happening around us. The second thing of discerning of spirits is this. It implies the power of spiritual insight, supernatural revelation of plans and purposes of the enemy and his forces. That's what spiritual discernment is. It's not some, ooh, how do you take a spiritual cloud and pin it down? You have to discern what it is. Is it going to be a, just a nice rain cloud? Or is this going to be a cloud with a tornado in it? We can know those things through spiritual discernment. The, the other thing you need to know about wokeism is this, is that in wokeism it says, I am the central source of truth and I want it my way. And if I don't get it my way, there's going to be, um, wait a minute, there's going to be trouble to pay. Almost said the other word. Wow. 
I don't think y'all would have passed out if I just said there's something else to pay, but there's going to be something else to pay. First time ever this Buckeye reporter has put out any news articles was this week, and it came into my mailbox on Tuesday. Hearing on transgender care for children on Monday, this on Tuesday. Let me read you just a couple excerpts from this. I am the central source of truth, and I want it my way. Here's the headline of this article. Communist Party of Ohio members gather to stand with drag queens. Okay? Now listen, the communist, this soup doesn't get any more spiritual. The Communist Party of Ohio said its members gathered to stand with drag queens and families during a protest outside a drag story hour event at the near West Side Theater in Cleveland, Ohio. In Cleveland, we joined together uh, allies to stand with drag queens and families during drag queen story hour. Let me tell you something, drag queens. If communism ever comes in, you will be tossed in jail. Communism, Islam, they don't tolerate anyone that they don't want to tolerate. And you will be the first ones thrown in jail. You're making your bed with the enemy. That should tell you something right away if you've learned anything about communism. And this was all in the September or the June 2023rd edition of the Red Notes. The party protest was in opposition to those protesting a May 13, 2023 drag queen event at the theater. Now listen to me. I, Idea Stream Media, uh, public media reported that three drag performers, they gave their names, read books. Listen to this. It was so wonderful. They read books, they played games, and they sang children's songs such as the Hokey Pokey. The theater website said the program was ideal for the ages three through eight. How about some grown adults that you put this perversion in front of? Why do you want to spread your perversion amongst three through eight-year-olds? Hello? Mm, I have to measure what I want to say in these moments because the father rises up in me but the pastor has to calm me down because this is a sacred place. This pulpit is a sacred place. You can't share all of your personal feelings up here. Now listen to this. The June edition of Red Notes also promoted a June, uh, uh, June 24 Better World Book Club. Betty, did you get an invitation to be at this Better World Book Club? Gary, any inv no invitation? I can't believe they didn't invite you to. This event, it featured, now listen to this, you, you can't make this stuff up. They featured the book, Transgender Marxism. The description of the book on Amazon says, the authors conclude that for trans liberation, capitalism must be abolished. Isn't that, isn't that something? Capitalism should be abolished. The Communist Party of Ohio is a chapter of the Communist Party USA. The party's website said it's dedicated to helping advance. Now listen to this. You're going to love this. The way they try to draw and suck you in. This is what they're dedicated to. Helping advance the day-to-day -day struggles of the working class. Really? When we went to the Ukraine and it had just 
got free of communism, first of all, they thanked the church in America, every person we ministered with. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for praying for us. We know it was because the church in America that communism fell. But the second thing was, is they could hardly live life taking care of themselves because they wanted to wait in that bread line all day long to get that one loaf of bread and that one bottle of water so that they could exist that day. That's the beauty of communism. Take everything away from the capitalistic society, move it in the hand of the government, and we'll give you what we think you need. The, end, the, the, the devil is dirty. He's dirty. Sometimes you've got to take your gloves off and call it what it is. It's the last thing I'll read. Shaker Heights Group, fighting to keep graphic books in public school, launches its offensive. You're going to love this one. A Shaker Heights-based group of suburban wine moms that's been fighting to keep pornographic books in Ohio K-12 school libraries is launching a new offensive. Red, wine, and blue, and they should have put an H in the wine, wah, wah, wah. Red, wine, and blue, founded by political consultant Katie Paris, has officially joined Vote No in August a coalition of left-leaning activist groups opposing an August 8 ballot initiative. Huh. You know how many people I have, call, have called me and said, Pastor, how should we vote on issue one? And you know what I always say? Find out who's supporting it and then do some research. So issue one is being supported by Ohio left-leaning activist groups. Paris fears the initiative, which raises the vote threshold from 50% to 60% to change the Ohio Constitution, would make it more difficult for groups like hers to enact laws by statewide referendum or in running the Ohio state legislation. Listen, this is what the group's priorities are. Banning uh, parental notification of teenage abortions in Ohio, requiring public schools to include instruction in the so-called critical race theory and to teach sex education far earlier as young as first grade, while barring schools from teaching children that there are such things as biological sex. What an amazing organization. I think I'm going to stroke them off a check today and send it to them. To these ends, thank you for somebody getting it was a joke, yes. To, let, listen to this. To these ends, Red, White, and Blue is promoting books such as Gender Queer and This Book is Gay, which emphasize transsexual themes and even features comic graphics depicting homosexual sex acts. While technically pornographic, it's just technic because they're drawings, the group holds that they still have educational value and that schools aren't encouraging children to have sex or to become gay. Now listen to this. You're going to love this one. Paris argues that the books are just as appropriate as Shakespeare, Hemingway, or the Bible. What are you surprised? This is, this is the woke agenda. And let me just say this to you, okay? Because I want you to understand this. The woke ideology takes a truth and transforms it. 
listen, there are XX and XY chromosomes. I don't care what you call yourself, you will never be the other one. Never, ever, never will you be. I don't care which things you have. Uh, I don't even want to go there. I, I'm just telling you, you cannot say you're a, a, a woman if you're a man. You just can't do it. You're not. You're never going to be that. Because your chromosome makeup that God designed, because he's amazing. He's amazing. And God said, let us make man and woman in our image. Okay, now listen. Woke ideology takes the truth and transforms it to fit their narrative. Okay, and if you have the audacity to confront what they are doing in any way, you become not a person with the right to share about your truth, you become a target of the cancel culture and your job, your family, your church become a, a target of them. Remember last week I told you that the pitcher from the Toronto Blue Jays lost his job pitching because he just simply promoted something that said you should not shop at Target? And, they, and the Toronto Blue Jays, they fired him. They call it nicely cutting him or letting him go. But that's what you'll find when you confront the woke agenda, the council culture. Tactics are try to, trying to separate people from the truth they believe in by using what they say they're standing for. They, they use fear. They use, you're a racist, you're a white supremacist, you're xenophobic, or whatever name you can throw out to get it to stick on the wall. Now, Ivy, would, would you please come forward? Can I get you to come forward? It would be okay if you came. Just want you to sit here. Edison, could you come and... and would you mind leaving your back wall and coming here for just a second? Elijah, I mean, Elijah, I'm sorry. Yeah, just, just come here. Sit, sit right here. Walter, would, would you come up here and sit right up here with, with Gina? And I'm going to sit in the middle of all of you, so make me some room here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to sit by Gina. You lucky guy, you. Now... I wish we could get the camera. Maybe can we get a camera to get, get a picture of this? Wow. This looks pretty good, doesn't it? Don't let anyone. Where, where are you from, Ivy? The Philippines? Where are you from? El Salvador. El Salvador. Where are you from? United States. United States. <laughs> where are you from? United States. I'm white. You're not. You're not from the United States. We're, but... But look at us. We're all here worshiping in the same church. Why? Because we have the same God. Why? Because we've asked Jesus Christ to be our personal Savior. So why would we let anyone get in the way of what's happening here? This is amazing. This is, uh, you know, I could bring the Kenyans up here. I could bring the Liberians up here. I could bring the Nigerians up here. I could bring the Ghanans up here. Mm, we're not supposed to be together. We need to be separated. So, Walter, I want you to go over to the Hispanic church today. I want you to find a different place. I want you... No, heck no. No, this is amazing what we have here. And what we have... Listen to me. Listen closely. Let no one separate what God has brought together. This makes woke theology furious. 
And you guys could all take a beating for being at this pastor's church who talked about that and even brought you up to be the example. I hope that doesn't happen to any of you because I love you too much. But I had to do this today to show how ridiculous the separation that, you know, you call me this. Don't call me anything. Okay? Don't call me anything until you know me. And when you know me, you'll know I'm not a white supremacist. You'll know I'm not a racist. You know I'm not anti-Asian or, or Hispanic. You know that when you know me. But what they would like you to do is to have an angle against me. And we can't allow that to happen, right? Would you guys agree with me that this is the way that you break the back of the lies? And so truth is, is that I am the most blessed pastor in the world when I can bring up multicultural and multinational, multi-race people out of one example in this church. And I thank God that he has brought us to this place. And I don't care what anybody tells you, I love you. Even if I got your name wrong, I still love you. Yeah, I know, I know, brother. Come here. You, you, you still love me? Yeah. Okay, because, you know, I'm preaching like a house of fire up here, and my mind's not all there. So, Gina, you love me? Yes, I do. All right, sweetie. Walter, you love me? Yes. All right, buddy. Ivy, you love me? I love you, too. I love all you guys, and I would never let anything come in between us for any reason. All right? Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Wokeism is a set of systems, listen to me, you might want to write this stuff down, it's really good. It took me a long time to figure this stuff out. This just didn't happen overnight, Tammy will tell you, man, I've been up hours and hours and hours this week, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Wokeism is a set of systems to deconstruct the truth of God, to enable people to live outside the constructs of the word, that's that and they they say whatever i deem is okay is okay that's what wokeism is now let me ask you this who was the original deconstructionist because this is what this is this is what now who was the original deconstructionist and what did he say did god really say I mean, way back, and what was, what was his purpose? To divide, to separate Adam and Eve from that all day long they hung out with God. And so when God said, Adam, where are you? Not only, first of all, he knew right where he was. You can't play hide and seek with God, right? He always wins. He knows exactly where you are. Adam, where are you? Why? What has separated? I came into the garden and you didn't run to me. Why, when I came into the garden, did you hide from me? Because the ultimate deconstructionist spoke to them and said, what God said you should not do was okay for you to do. And he actually said this, surely you won't die. Mm. Mm. Somebody's saying the same stuff today. Surely you won't die. Surely you'll, you'll be okay. 
So that's what he said in Genesis chapter 3. If he could get Eve to believe that God set forth as what he set forth as boundaries was not really what he meant. Listen, folks, God meant everything he said in here. And you, if you deconstruct it, you're going to be walking outside the umbrella of his covering and it's not going to be good for you. And the beautiful thing about the Bible is, is you can have your cake and eat it too. Eat the fat and drink the sweets and portions to them who are weak. The joy of the Lord. Man, when I just say Jesus, my, my lips just go up in a smile. When I say woke, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, this is what I want to end with here, and I'm going to end it in no less than 40 minutes. Are y'all y'all okay still? Because some of y'all are thinking, I came here last week and it was heavy. And I know this week he's going to sing and dance and laugh. Some things you just can't sing and dance about right away. But when you know the truth... Now, I want to show you something here. How... Does this theology find its way into the church? Listen, if you are not a church that believes in who you are, then you will move to whatever the most popular thing is. If, you don't, if you're not a church of knowing who you are, then you will move to what you think is going to put bodies in the seats. So let me share with you First of all, that there are a mountain of liberal churches right here in Columbus, Ohio. Right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a mountain of people that preach Dr. Phil messages every Sunday morning from the pulpit. Now, I'm not anti-Dr. Phil. And he's great at 3 or 4 o'clock whenever he is. But this is not what you need here. You don't need Dr. Phil up here. You need Dr. Jesus up here. Okay, now listen, I'm going to read you from the website of a church, and I'm not going to tell you which church, but I'm going to tell you this is in the website of a church. Here's what's wrote on their website, okay? This is what it says. We believe that Jesus' commandment to love one another as I have loved you is foundational. Absolutely. You, are we in? I'm going. I'm going to at least visit, right? Okay, and, and, but Jesus' commandment to love one another as I have been loved is foundational. Further, love of neighbor is where we should find ourselves in affirmation. Now we've went from love to affirmation. What are we affirming? This is in the church website. I, I'm not making this up. We are affirming the LBGTQ community immigrants, people of other faith traditions, and even those who are our enemies. Jesus said to love your enemies. He did say that. Okay, now I'm going to hold some comments till the end. This is not uncommon in many woke or progressive churches to equate love with affirmation. Affirming uh, as, 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 uh, affirming the above mentions in the group that we are okay with the lifestyle that they live. That's what affirmation is. 
It's dangerous to equate love with affirmation of a lifestyle. Next, in, in it, it states the Christian faith is our way of being faithful to God. But it's not the only way. Our faith is one way of being faithful to God, but it's not the only way. Christianity is the truth for us, but it's not the only truth. Their principle, listen to this, the, this principle stems from the reality of the 21st century. They have this in there. They say things have changed and things have progressed since the time Jesus walked on earth. Okay, so now we have the 21st century Jesus. Okay, now I'm going to keep reading and I'm going to talk about these just briefly. No more than 40 minutes. We share our lives with people who are Muslim, Hindu, Jewish, and Buddhist. We experience these people as loving and caring by following their religious traditions. To, uh, and to deny this is to say uh, that God can only draw people with one way. That simply isn't born out of our experience. Okay? Since they appear to be good people, their religion must be uh, leading them to the same God we serve. Okay, now think of the three things that are discussed here in their statement of faith. First, they talk about affirmation. And to, to, to love people means you have to affirm them. Listen, if you would, turn with me in your Bible to John chapter 8, okay? Because I want you to know that Jesus did love people, but he did not affirm their sin. I'm sorry, he did not affirm them. But man, was he good at not even letting them realize that he wasn't affirming their sin. Because his love was, his, was incredible. John chapter 8, verse 1. John 8, 1. And everyone went to his house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. That's a serious sin, and serious sin back then. And when uh, they had set uh, her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that... Such should be stoned, but what do you say? And they said that this testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he didn't hear them. Some people said he drew an ichthus, and that's where the first ichthus came from and all that kind of... I have no idea what he wrote there. And so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them something incredible. He said, he who was without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Wow. You know, the gospel is a confrontational thing right up from the hit, right? I mean, when, when somebody confronted me and said, you're a sinner and you need God, they were confronting my very being. And so all these men who thought they had the right to throw a stone at this woman, Jesus said, if you have no sin then you throw the first stone. And what happened? Every one of those men dropped the stone. 
tremendous love that Jesus had. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had raised himself up and saw nobody but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and what? Sin no more. He did not affirm her lifestyle. He did not say, go and have some sex some more. That's not what he said. He did not bring affirmation to the... He loved her enough to protect her, to give her the opportunity to be clean, to have her sin forgiven. But when it came time to forgive her sin, he said to her, go and sin no more. He did not affirm her in her lifestyle, did he? Maybe I missed it. Go with me to Luke chapter 19. I'm just going to pick out a couple here. Luke chapter 19. This is, this is Zacchaeus. Okay? The Lord came to Zacchaeus' house. Remember, everyone that Jesus came in contact with, because he wasn't about affirming who they were, he loved them and it brought change to them. See, the truth is what brings change. The truth will set you free. Now listen, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now there was a, a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich because he charged more than he was supposed to charge. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of a crowd, for he was short of, in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree, and he that knowing Jesus was going to pass this way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. Wow. See, Jesus must be an affirming God, because he hung out with the, the lowest and the least of all of these. No, that's just who he was. That's who he loved. The Bible says it's his heart that what? None should perish, but that what? All should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. See, he loves everybody enough to confront them, to bring them out. And so, uh, so he made haste and came down, received him joyfully. But when they saw it, who's they? But when they saw it, they all complained. All those who came to see Jesus and thought he was this just unbelievable dude, now he's hanging out with Zacchaeus, the guy who stole their money. They all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Yes, he has. Then Zacchaeus stood, and listen what he said to the Lord. Look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. When Jesus drew Zacchaeus into his presence, Zacchaeus started spilling the beans and saying, I'm going to start living my life differently and I'm not just going to give the money back. I'm going to give it back four times what I have, have taken from them. Now, look at Luke chapter, uh, oh, that was, yeah, look at Luke chapter 18. 
Let's look at the rich young ruler. What did Jesus say to him? Because, you know, this is a capitalist society. Jesus would never confront capitalism, right? Yeah, he would confront it, but he wouldn't work to destroy it. Y'all with me? Y'all okay? I, I feel like your guys are... Okay. Luke 18, 18 says, Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus said, Why do you call me good? No one is good but the one, but that is God. You know the commandment, do not commit adultery and all these things. And he said, All these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute them to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful because he was very rich. See, what Jesus was saying was, is sell everything, come worship me, because you're worshiping your money, and the two of us can't exist in the same place of worship. But that doesn't mean that, that God doesn't want us to have what we need. Or that doesn't mean that he doesn't want us to have more than, than we have because that's how the kingdom of God gets supported. Would you agree with me? It's, it's supported by the overflow, as Pastor uh, Caleb said, the overflow of what we have. Now, I want you to go to chapter 16 because Jesus even confronted the, the religious leaders of his time. So when I'm talking about churches that are coming into this that I've talked about, that's Phariseeism or Sadduceeism. That's a way of doing things that we find right, but doesn't necessarily line up with the word. So then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him, asked that he should show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said to them, when it's evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather. Uh, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And then he left them and departed. Now listen to these next two verses. Why can you not walk in any realm of the woke theology? Now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. And then Jesus said this to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What he was saying was, is do not allow the influence of this mindset fill who you are. Folks, listen. I have not spent all this time talking about all of these different issues for no reason. I'm, I spent the time to do this to prepare you to stand fast in what you believe. Don't even let a little of it creep in. When they say that it, this is the truth for us, but there's a 21st century Jesus, no, uh-uh. Jesus in John chapter 14, 6 says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one 
comes unto the Father except through me. So if somebody's offering you another pathway to find enlightenment, you need to have known the truth that says, I will not walk in that way. I will not move in those footsteps. When somebody tells you there's a 21st century Jesus, will you lead them to Hebrews 13 that says this. It says that uh, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no 21st century Jesus. He's always been amazing. So why would he change when society wants to lower the bar? No, Jesus never changes. He's the same today yesterday and how long forever would you stand with me hallelujah thank you jesus i am so excited that we are having prophetic ministry after church why because the god who loves us loves to speak in us and through us and when we hear from god we can compare it to the word and when they match up we can walk accordingly See, God's not leaving us out somewhere wondering and hoping we can get it. God's not uh, a woke God thinking that I'm going to change with every theology that comes down the pike. God's not afraid to stand up against society. Jesus did it the whole time that he was on earth. But he did it with the revelation of I'm going to show them who the Father is. Because it's my heart that none should perish. I'm going to show them who the Father is because I came not to be served, but to seek and save that which was lost. Listen, church, we are on a rescue mission. This is a full-blown, put on your fire suit. This is a 911 call that we need to find the lost and share the light and let them see the truth because when they find the truth, they find freedom. And people are so bound up right now by all of this stuff I just talked to you about. Folks, we need to lead people to Jesus we just do that that's just what we're called to do he's amazing and he doesn't need anything mixed in he doesn't have to change to find po- this isn't a popularity contest this is an eternity thing right but the enemy boy Wow, the things that have came together. Isn't it interesting? All the people that are coming together to stand against the truth. I love it. Because the enemy is playing his hand now, and we get to clearly see who's in which camp. And that goes to show you not who we need to come against. This isn't an anti-message. Those are the people that we need to go to. And let them see the light of who we are. Let them, like in Acts chapter 4, say, you must have been with Jesus today. That's the greatest love that you can bring to the earth today. Father, I thank and praise you for these last two weeks. And Father, I know that they're where you wanted us, what you wanted us to hear, and I know that there was all kinds of opposition spiritually to bring these messages. But I also know 
that when we walk in the light, when we walk in the truth, we're able to see things more clearly. Father, I pray an umbrella of protection over the church. And I thank you, God, for all that you've allowed us to do in this time that we have served you. But Father, I pray that there would be an evangelistic heart that comes inside of each person here that would say, Pastor, I heard what you're saying, I heard the truth, and I want to be a part of the people who spread the light and the love, the true love of who Jesus is. And so, Father, today, I thank you, God, that as we move forward, now we move forward in wisdom and knowledge and help us to move with discernment of the, this hour that we live in, that none of us would be fooled or move to the left or the right, but that we would stay fixed on the one who loves us exceedingly more than we can ever imagine. So, Father, I thank you, God, for the ability to speak these words this last two weeks, and I thank you, God, for this group of people that you've brought together, because this truly is a depiction of what heaven will look like. And Father, we just give you praise today in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise offering. He is worthy. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.